The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a came from the radio, the official of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than our senior correspondent, Charlie Saldino. Hello, fun seekers. We also have from the Life with Jen or G, uh, Jen, Jenny Feldy. I hope you're all doing wonderful today. So, on this week's show, we're going to have a Bookworm Batson segment, a Jaybird and Lee segment. And um, I believe our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino, and Jenny Feldy will be having interviews from the B Legendary Art Show as well. Before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's Morphin Time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention, which is the Big Apple Silver Anniversary Expo, is scheduled for September 25th and 26th. As of right now, the headliner they have is Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. Those are really great people. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. And I want to give a shout out to our Patreons, of which there are. Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Resident Media, Winchikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Huracan, and Yasmin Array. If you guys want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look looking for it in the search bar, and just for a dollar, you can get a shout-out on our show. So let us start off, as we always do, with the sad news. We have one bit of sad news uh, for this week's show. Um, actor and martial artist, Sony Sunny Sony Sunny Chiba died recently from complications of uh, COVID-19. Uh, Sunny was a mainstay of kung fu movies back in the 70s and 80s, and went on to become an action choreographer and fight director, spanning his multi-decade career, appearing in such films as Here We Go, <gasps> Police Department Story, Drifting Detective, Invasion of Neptune Men, The 2000, The 20 Million Dollar Yen Arm. Higher Than the Stars in the Sky, The Violent Underworld, Judo for Life, Yakuza Song, Dragon, Dragon and Tiger Generation, A Villain's Code of Honor, Duel in the South, Memoir of Japanese Assassins, Yakuza Cop and its sequels, Extend My Condolences, The Street Fighter, as well as the sequels, The Bullet Train, Karate Warriors, Gogo 13, Assignment, oh, not going to be able to read that one, G.I. Samurai, The Blazing Variant, Yellow Fangs, Aces, Iron Eagles Part 3, Immortal Combat, Don No Michi Part 6, 7, 8, and 9, Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2, Zendio, as well as the sequels, New Pulse of Japan, as well as the sequels, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which is the third one, but is really the sixth one, uh, Goku Tenka Fubu Parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, and Bond of Justice, Kizuna, Joe, just to name a few. 
he was a young 82 years old. Uh, oh, Charlie, you're a Kung Fu fan. Am I? I don't know. I'll I thought be, you, I thought I'll you be, were. I'll be, I'll be for this segment. Were you not yes, a Kung I, Fu fan? Yes, okay. I am, Mark. I am a Kung Fu fan. Oh, my God. Um, my, uh, my, um, nice, my nice. big, yeah, my big, uh, my big martial artists are, uh, I got three of them. I got uh, Jackie Chan. Uh, I got Jet Lee. I got four of them. Jet Lee. <laughs> um, you know, good old uh, Chuck Norris, who I met, great guy. Um, and uh, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. So huh. that's, that's Bruce Lee, Jet Lee, Chuck Norris, and Jackie Chan. Okay, and that's so as far as I go. Although, if I've, I've had to see this guy many times, Sonny, many times, because yes. he is in so many movies. In fact, I think... He might have been in one of my favorite movies, uh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Was he in with, that? Uh, well, I don't think that was on my list. but um, I, It may I, not, but it, he could be. I remember but, him from The Street Fighter because I used to work at Blockbuster at the time. And his cover box yeah. was always there, him and his giant muscles. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. And he was a really good martial artist. Uh, Jen, are you yeah, also a martial artist fan? You know, it's a really cool name, and I hate to take the spotlight off of someone who died, which I always do. I feel like I disrespect them, but there is a, it's a rapper, singer, musical artist that crosses many genres. There's a group called Camp Low, which are also known as legendary, and it's funny, I owe Sonny Chiba who's one of the two people in the group, a message back on Instagram. And uh, he, he's a really cool guy, but he must've thought Sonny Chiba was a cool name too. Cause he, you know, he kind of took it. He so probably, he, uh, that was his social media name was Sonny Chiba. How yeah, was this spelled? Sonny, it's S-O-N-N-Y space C-H-E-E-B-A, uh -huh. which is definitely like an, you know, allusion to uh, right. marijuana. <laughs> Uh, you know, but yeah, there it's a really cool group, and I'm like, I keep thinking I gotta message him back, and then here I hear Sonny Chiba. I'm like, wait a second, my friend. <laughs> so no, what? he 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 did not die. A martial artist, uh, Sonny S O N N Y Chiba C H I B A. Uh, the OG away. Chiba. Yes. Now, did you, Mark? Did you yes. name one of uh, the titles of the movie Don Omichi? Was that? Um, one, two, there it was, was like a whole. Oh, yes. Don no Michi part six, seven, eight, and nine. Don no Michi. D O N space N O space M I C H I. Don oh, no okay. Michi. I'm laughing because there's an old time actor who's called Don Omichi. Oh, as one word, Don Omichi. No, Don D O N Omichi. Oh, Don Omichi. Don Omichi, and he was. Uh, well, you guys would know him for playing one of the brothers that made the bet in Trading Places. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, so but I laughed because I thought it was Don Amici, one, two, and three. I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> so what's interesting here is that our panel only knows the name by thinking it's a different name. <laughs> That's sad. Where's yeah. that? But he was a great martial artist cool actor and he will be missed 82 years old um so that's it for the sad news moving on for the not as sad news from the it's all in the name department 
Sony, in their infinite wisdom, has changed its Spider-Man brand from Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters, which is all the unrelated characters not connected to the Disney MCU universe, such as Venom, Morbius, and the animated Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, to Sony's Spider-Man universe. Obviously, this is to hold on to any and all claims to the Marvel characters as they have the rights to film in with also letting know people that they are owned by Sony. What do you think of the name change? Mm, I, I don't care. Same. Yeah, I don't care. I think. <laughs> I, think I don't care. That's, that's nice. Well, Very you nice. should have asked yourself first, Mark. Then. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. I think it's... Um, it's a it's a ballsy move because they know that they're underhand. You know they don't have the Disney powerhouse behind them, and they're struggling, and so much so that they had to make that deal with Disney and Marvel to incorporate Spider-Man into their movies, while still having a separate universe of their own. So letting people know, hey, this is Sony. It's not Disney. Give us money is is an interesting way of going about it. Well, you know what they say, Sony, no baloney. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> My baloney has a first name. It's S O N Y. <laughs> From the... hey, listen. <laughs> yes, that's not <laughs> mine. Yes. That they would say that when Sony first came out with their cassette tape ads, that's what they said. Sony, no baloney. Well, thank you, senior correspondent. Oh, okay. <laughs> I that wasn't for me. I'm not taking responsibilities for that. Okay, fine. So moving on. Move on. From <laughs> the department. Netflix and Paramount Pictures have teamed up and announced Beverly Hills Cop Part 4, reuniting Eddie Murphy and franchise producer Jerry Bruckheimer for one more movie with an option for a sequel. That's obviously if the movie does well, they'll make a part five. Um, Eddie says, they've been trying to make another Beverly Hills Cop for 15 years now. Right now, Netflix has it and they're trying to develop a script. That's what we're supposed to be doing next, but I'm not doing nothing until the script is right. None of the previous scripts were right. It was trying to force the premise. If you have to force something, you shouldn't be doing it. It's always a rehash of the old thing. It was always wrong. Uh, the film will be directed by Aldi El Arib. Sorry, I know I'm pronouncing your name wrong. And Bilal Falah, who directed Bad Boys for Life for Sony. And it'll be written by Andre Nemec and Josh Applebaum, who most recently wrote uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and the new Megan Fox Team Ninja Turtle films. Are they getting all the same guys in it? Judge Reingold? Uh, I think Judge Reingold is still alive, so they'll probably get him. He, he can use his No, of course he is, yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes people die and I don't know. Well, you'd be the first to know. You do the sad news. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is true. Um, Beverly Hills Cop fan, Charlie? Who? Beverly Hills Cop fan, Charlie? Um, I like the movies. I wouldn't say I was a fan. In other words... Um, you know, if it's on, I'll watch it, but I'll keep channel surfing. Okay. You know, Moonstruck's on, I don't channel surf. Control goes down. 
Gotcha. Jen? Yeah. Um, um, honestly, I, I, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> Have you seen Beverly Hills Cop 1, 2, and or 3? A long time ago. You know, anything, I mean, anything I've seen more than 10, 20 years ago, a lot of things I just forgot. Like, I blocked out a lot of my childhood, which is why I was late on the call. So if I blocked <laughs> out my childhood and things with my mother, um, I, I really don't remember some movies. And it's, it's nothing in offense to the movies or my mother, but I just blocked things out. Fair enough. So um, I enjoyed the first Philly Hills Cop. I liked the second one better. Um, I felt the third one was just horrible. Oh, third one. Was was that the one with the um, amusement amusement park? park, Yes. Oh, my God. That was Beverly Hills Cop 3, beating a dead horse. (laughs) And um, George Lucas had a cameo in that that movie, of all things. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I'm glad. I mean, I've heard other things about them trying to bring it back. The last thing I had heard, which we reported on, actually, was that there was supposed to be a TV series. And it was supposed to follow Eddie Murphy's son as Beverly Hills Cop. And Eddie Murphy was supposed to be tied to it. And he was going to have um, a frequent appearances in the series, but he wasn't going to be the star. And then I guess that mm-hmm. went away. And now here we are with part four, a full fake, full-fledged feature film. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I want to see it. Okay. See, at least. At I, least, I, at least I, I'm interested. It. I'm actually interested. I do care. This is not an I don't care. I do care. Okay. Charlie, would you be interested in seeing the fourth one on Netflix? Yeah, sure. What are you kidding? I like, I've always liked Eddie Murphy. And uh, I would watch it, sure. All right, fair enough, fair enough. First so, one, the first one, uh, I thought was hysterical. Second one was funny, too. And like you said, Mark, third one was, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so moving on from the... Out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed she was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvanian? Mash department. He did the mash. It was the monster mash. That monster mash. Um, it was a graveyard smash. <laughs> just in time for <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> in celebration <laughs> of the 50th anniversary of the monster brand cereals, General Mills has announced Monster Mash cereal, combining Count Chocula, Boo Berry, Frankenberry cereals, as well as including two discontinued characters of Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy into one box. As part of the ad campaign, there will also be a remake of the Monster Mash song featuring the cereal spokesmonsters singing the song, as well as a mockumentary about the group's journey to fame, which can be found on YouTube. Scenic correspondent Charlie Saladino, do you remember Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy? Because I do not. No, 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 no. Um, there was no, I don't know about the mummy, but I remember Frankenberry and Count Chocula. I, I remember them as the only two. Really? I remember Booberry because I remember it was never so. Oh, you remember Booberry? Yeah, Booberry. Booberry. <laughs> re- sorry, rented lips. Booberry. What? Why can it's I say belly. the dumb word? Booberry. Blueberry, I found my thrill <laughs> on Blueberry Hill. Yeah, um, I think having all those flavors in one box is going to make a kid terribly ill. But what do I know? They did the mash. So I remember Blueberry. I would be very amused. It was it was the one cereal I could never get. 
I was able to get Count Chocolate. I was able to get Frankenberry. I never had Blueberry until many, many years later, which is actually closer to now than it was when I was a kid. But I've never heard of Fruit Brute or Yummy Mummy, but apparently those were a thing. Um, yeah. Jen, are you a monster cereal fan? Did you eat that as a young? As a I mean, Jen, don't talk to Jen about if, if cereal. I, if I, uh, if I, if I'm left to my own devices, I'm gonna have fried food all the time. I walked by a drunk guy one time at a bar, and he said out loud, and only I heard it because he said it in my ear. Fried food gives me superpowers, and I thought it was amazing. But uh, one of the first articles I ever wrote that's in my guidebook is uh, cereal and milk is a loser breakfast, and it made my autistic stepbrother cry because he loves cereal so much. So uh, I can send you a four-page article <laughs> on, on why cereal is basically killing humanity. Um, but it sounds like fun. Uh, so is alcohol. Alcohol is fun for an hour or two, but then I pay for it. So, you know, you do, you do what you will with that. Do what you will. I told okay. you not to ask Jen about cereal. <laughs> <laughs> this gave me the like book. I, yeah. <laughs> this, I, it's, it's because of Jen, I don't eat cereal anymore. This I'm sorry, is, General Mills. Don't come after no, me. No, that's fine. This is like um, something like the Kellogg's were all together, which was promoting LGBTQ unity, having all the different cereals together. But in this case, uh, the bags were separate, but in the same box. In the oh. Monster Mash, all the cereals were actually combined into one crazy cereal. Yeah, that's that's weird, why though. I said it's, it's going to make one kid a hell of a sick stomach. <laughs> and also just a little fun fact on here, you have different flavor centers of the brain and different, and they're almost like similar to opiate pathways that basically excite the brain. You have different flavors going on. So if you have multiple flavors at one time, you are really stimulating pathways of the brain and people get addicted to that. And then they get bored with like an apple, you know, one flavor, two flavors, so that's actually a really good way to train your brain to hate natural foods by eating all this stuff. Huh. So mm -hmm. is that why yeah. I like the macaroni and cheese cheeseburger and don't like broccoli? Maybe. Yeah, Could yeah. Your, your taste buds adjust over time. So you can actually like readjust your taste buds. Um, but it takes like mm -hmm. a training. It's like a training. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, I yes, would like yeah, to Charlie. say, I would like to say, Although I don't eat cereal anymore, I would love to see that commercial because I think that was, the, I think it's very and, inventive. And the, and the characters yes. together. It's very Me inventive too. that they did it. So that yeah. is, and I, go on to YouTube I, right now. It, it's on there right now. Monster Mash, I, uh, General Mill cereal. Look at that, Google yeah. that. And I want to uh, just throw in this little bit of uh, Cappy Dick fun fact. Um, when Captain Crunch first came out, I, I remember when it first came out, I lived in Brooklyn and I was a long, young chitlin and in the back of the box, it had send for Captain Crunch breakfast treasure chest set. And then I sent away to Battle Creek, Michigan, wherever that is. And about four weeks later, the best thing I've ever gotten for my cereal, it was a treasure chest. You open it up and there was a bowl in the shape wow. of a treasure chest and a shovel so you can eat oh your cereal God. with a shovel. It was the best thing. Yeah, that shovel that's is why... a synonym for digging your own grave, honey. <laughs> that's what you do when, when you eat that stuff. Yes, yes. So I was, it was a real like, <laughs> A real replica of a shovel to dig your very treasure. And the treasure chest, after you took that little bowl out, was a bank. Wow. 
They it was don't very make good cool. stuff like that for morning cereals. I'll tell you that. And and I didn't know any better, so I loved Captain Crunch. So, so all you have to do is what? Eat, rot your teeth and eat ten boxes. How many boxes do you have to eat for all that? What was that, Jen? How many boxes did you have to eat to get all that? Sounds pretty good. Oh no, no, just just one because you cut wow. out the little. Yeah, back in the day, you just send one. Back was, in yeah, one. You I remember. You cut out a thing in the back and it gives you a place to send it. You put that in like a dollar fifty in there and it goes away for four weeks. Well, and I've then... been a cynic since I was born, so I just figured you wouldn't get much. So I never tried. I should have. That sounds like you got a good deal. <laughs> yeah. So I just remember when the when the stuff used to come in the cereal, the prize was in the cereal. So all I would do is turn the box upside down and open it that way. Well done, Charlie. Well done. So moving on, yes. moving on. Okay. From the, what a difference a few days make department. OnlyFans announced that it will no longer allow users to post, quote, sexually explicit conduct. However, it will still allow nude photos and videos on their site. The decision comes as the company has been struggling to raise new funding despite monumental growth because investors are cautious or contractually prohibited from investing in adult content. Executives say, <clears throat> starting October 1st, 2021, OnlyFans will prohibit the posting of any content containing sexually explicit conduct in order to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans. We must evolve our content guidelines. Creators will continue to be allowed to post content containing nudity as long as it is consistent with our acceptable use policy. These changes are to comply with the requests of our banking partners and payout providers. We'll be sharing more details in the upcoming days and will actively support and guide our creators through this change in content guidelines. We remain dedicated to our community of 130 million users and over 2 million creators that have earned us over five billion with a B dollars on a platform. Now, before you say anything, <laughs> what's interesting? Oh, and I, you know, I'm going to say something. <laughs> what's interesting to note is that while I was writing this bit of news, OnlyFans made a second announcement. Hmm. Executives say, "Thank you to everyone for making your voices heard." We have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October 1st policy change. OnlyFans stands for the inclusion and will continue to provide a home for all creators. So how about that? So all now right, they're so, allowing sexual? Yes, they're going back to where it was. Nothing has changed. They were going to ban it. Wow. And then and a, day, a couple of days later, like, nope, we're not going to do that. Wow. Mm. Well... That would have been an oxymoron if they couldn't have sexual content, but you could still put naked pictures. Up That's there. what I was going to ask. Like, how yeah. do you now what sexual was not, which is something that I think of because, you know, I do body makeover. So you have to show your body and I'm not really upset by nude or impl implied nude stuff. I think it could be very beautiful. Like think of the statue of David, you know, a healthy hedonism for a godly body is something I think about. So I'm all about the body and it doesn't have to be a perverse thing, but it's a very fine line between the body and anatomy and training and all that. And then sexuality is it's a really fine line. Yeah. And, and like Jen says, you could get some of these beautiful 
nude pictures, guys and girls, and that, and you put that on someplace and you go, wow, that's a beautiful body. Mm -hmm. But I think the other harmful thing is the sexual content. And I guess that's why they were doing that. I mean, you could see a beautiful body, but you couldn't say anything perverted about it. But um, I have, I dress up like an old lady and people send me disgusting messages saying, you know, it's like I put on a, you can sexualize anything and that gets to a different argument. Yeah, but obviously they went back anyway, so it's a move point. Yeah, but the fact that they decided to do it in the first place, which, you know, that was what it was built on for the the porn industry. Exactly. They can have content and make money during the pandemic because that's really what, what, what skyrocketed it. And then only a few days later, they're like, you know what? This is a bad idea. I wonder, I really want to know what turned their minds around. Like, I just really want to know the specifics because I actually thought about this because I know a few people I don't really care for that do the OnlyFans. And then there's a few people I know that I know they have to raise children. They need this money and they're great people. And some of them are very intelligent. And, you know, I understand the reasoning behind doing this. And other times, other I kind of see a lot of women and men as my sons and daughters. And I think, do I want my daughter to be doing this? You know, I'm very conflicted on this. I, I think uh, I'm just, it's, it's rough. It's, it's a fine line, which is a, it has a huge gray area. So I would think that whatever funding they needed to get, they got. And so therefore they didn't need to change anything because uh, essentially it's all about the bottom line, the bottom dollar, the bottom line. Right. So whatever happened, they got the money they needed. So they didn't need to change anything. It's about the bottom. And for other girls, it's about the top. Depends ah. on the site, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so moving on from the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. The new film Free Guy has held on to the number one spot for the second two week in a row, pulling in an additional $18.5 million in the domestic box office, narrowly beating out the new animated Paw Patrol movie, which made, shoot excuse me, uh, $13.1 million. For those keeping track, Black Widow is still the highest grossing film of 2021 with $180.2 million, followed closely by Fast and the Furious Part 9 with $172.5 million. Of note, Free Guy is only available to see legally in theaters, while Black Widow is available to be seen on Disney Plus for an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying the service for. So keep in mind that these numbers do not reflect revenue made from the streaming service. That's, and, uh, I always find that interesting. And to note, I don't have any of that money. So to note, <laughs> I don't give a damn. Are, are, you, are you joining on that one also, Jen? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to leave this one up to you guys. All right. So, so we will move on because we're running out of time. From the... That's how I feel all the time. We're running out. <laughs> From the... I lost all Jeopardy, baby. I lost all Jeopardy, baby. Department. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, during the rotating guest hosts of Jeopardy, a new permanent replacement for the late Alex Trebek was found, and it was none other than, drum roll please, executive producer Mike Richards. He hired himself to do the job. However, just days afterwards, 
Sony fired him from his hosting duties, but allowing him to still keep, uh, still allowing him to remain as the executive producer of the show. This was following the internet backlash over comments Mike had made on his podcast seven years ago, making jokes about women and their bodies in addition to other sexual misconduct. Mike says, <clears throat> it is humbling to confront a terribly embarrassing moment of misjudgment, thoughtlessness, and insensitivity from nearly a decade ago. Looking back now, there is no excuse, of course, for the comments I made on this podcast, and I am deeply sorry. The podcast was intended to be a series of irreverent conversations between longtime friends who had a history of joking around. Even with the passage of times, it is now more clear than ever that my attempts to be funny and provocative were not acceptable, and I have removed these episodes. My responsibilities today as a father, husband, <sighs> and public personality <laughs> do not yeah. speak to those people through my role on television means and I have substantial and serious obligations to as a role model, and I intend to live up to all of them. Uh, in the interim, actress Miam, Mayam Bialik, who was a Blossom and was in The Big Bang Theory, will resume duties as a temporary host until a replacement has been found. Uh, former contestant and guest host Ken Jennings is said to be once again in the running to take over. And Sony will air Mike's episodes as they were scheduled in order to continue the continuity of the players. What do you yeah. think of that? <laughs> well, that's I'm why not... I'm canceling myself preemptively. I'm just saying crazy stuff all the time. So you know what you're getting into and don't come at me saying, oh, I didn't know. People, everyone has a past. <sighs> I personally think that um, Andrew Dice Clay, um, Don Rickles, and uh, were born at the right times because everybody's offended and we wouldn't have had any, any fun. But uh, basically I think that they could end their, their whole search if they just get, and I don't know his real name, but they get the guy, they get Sheldon from uh, the Big Bang Theory to host it. <laughs> I would love to see him host that show. Hmm. Fair enough. And I'm I'm going to be careful of anything I say on this podcast because years from now I might be hosting a show. You're hosting a show now. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. I think. Oh boy. I think maybe in in my in my uh, not infinite wisdom, people were upset that he cast himself in the job after they were going through all these different people of trying to be the head of Jeopardy. And so when the internet doesn't like you, they will search high and wide to find something. Right. And they did. It's amazing that seven people years, have this much time on their hands. Well, there was a pandemic. So seven years later for him saying something like, I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but Howard Stern has said many of things. Howard Stern has done many of things and he's still around and right. he's unapologetic. And but, I remember that he said something to me, not to me personally, but he said <laughs> something on his TV show. Uh, I used to watch his TV show. It was on UPN Channel 9, which was a uh, UPN, uh, I think it was WWOR in New York. And he actually used to have Adam West on. That's why I used to like it because I was a huge Adam West fan who was the original Batman. He used to have him on like a guest spot sometimes. And he did really good interviews. But there was a lot of, you know, sex and, and all that stuff. And I was a kid. I was like, all right, it's fine. And then he said something. And he said, if you don't like what I have to say, change the channel you don't exactly. have to watch and young mark was like oh my god that is such a mind 
blowing statement to make. Yes. That gave me that to me, that gave him carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, because that's a really good point. If you don't like it, don't watch it. You don't have to do all this other stuff. If you don't like the guy being on Jeopardy, don't watch Jeopardy. You don't have to yeah, now uh, ruin this guy's career. You want to hear something about the um, that line, the Howard Stern show? You have uh, three people, minutes. You have uh, two and a half minutes. More people, okay, I'm just going to say more people who didn't like him. And this is a stat that uh, WNBC got. More people who hated him listened to him to find out what they were going to complain about next. So he had a bigger share of the people who hated him than wow. the people who liked him. Hmm. And that's a fact. Yeah, he actually. And that's a fact. On, that's on, a fact, Jack. <laughs> on, on, on once again on the TV show I used to watch, he actually was canceled, and he had the head of the network on his show via satellite TV, and he's like, "My ratings are better than any other show you have. Why are you canceling my show?" And he's like, "We've been getting too many complaints from the people who hated who wants, him, yeah. who were listening." Yeah. So. So, Jen, we have a, a minute and 30 seconds. Would you like to weigh in on this? Um, I'm just going to say what's on my mind right this moment. And that is as soon as I think that I have mastered something or I think I got it, this has happened to me many times and it just happens before the show, uh, the universe tests me. It's like, oh, you think you got this? You think you learned this lesson in life? All right, let's, let's, let's test you. And it's very funny. I was just saying, I got this. So uh, it's very interesting. So if you ever walk around, uh, this this is a universal truth according to a lot of people, and you think you have mastered something and you got it and you learned the lesson, to maybe say it, and perhaps the universe will say, "Let's test you." This is right. a deep philosophical way to end it. It's really a way to start something, but let's end it with a starter. Senior correspondent Charles Salim, you have any final thoughts for the new segment? Yes, I have some last words. I would want to say, Jen, during the storm. Uh, Governor Cuomo was on, and I could swear I was listening to you ah! talking. That's oh funny. my God! That's a you great had, compliment. You had his. I'm saying. Okay, so Jen. see, so now I, I have to now I have to go in here to people who are listening be, to the show. Be nice and have to everybody. No that's it. My arousal rate is three point two. <laughs> they have to, so you have New to go York. to Jen's website and you can check out her comedy on her Facebook page. She does stand up comedy, and that is what our senior correspondent is referring to because that was a very out of context comment. Yeah. So with that, well, we it was actually just to Jen break. and not to anybody else. Well, thank you. <laughs> with that, we'll take our break and we'll be right back with King from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. At Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin in the month of July, get ready for Sinister War from Marvel Comics, Infinite Frontier from DC, and Amelia Clark's Mother of Madness from Image Comics. Make sure to join our membership program where you can save 10% on every purchase. And mark your calendar for free comic book day on August 14th. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday from 2 to 7, and Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Call us at 516-763-1133. Thank you and stay safe. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. 
My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and today we have a special guest, Riley, okay? And we're going to talk about a show that he's been watching a lot. The Bad Batch. Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. It's on... Disney Plus. Yeah. Channel. You've been liking it? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So this actually takes place after Revenge of the Sith, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So is this... Um, the Empire has fallen. No, the Empire takes over, right? Yeah. Yeah, after the Clone Wars? Mm-hmm. And then the... Because since after, after Order 66... The ba- the bad batch didn't really get affected by it because they're because they're they have like met they like have like they're defective right yeah they're all uh, so this is the the order sixty six is with these chips in their head right mm-hmm. and basically uh, it ordered all of the clones spoiler alert to kill all the Jedi right mm-hmm. who were actually allies for the whole Clone Wars series right yeah so now these um defective clones mm-hmm. right are the bad batch yes and so i'll tell you their names okay so the leader of it is hunter okay and then we got wrecker who's like the muscle in it. and he's your favorite yeah he's my favorite <laughs> that's great then we got echo who was who was what's it called blown up by the Sith before, um, you know, the Bad Batch, and somehow the Sith were taking all his, um, what's it called again? His chip? Yeah, no, his memories oh. of everything he knew and used it against the Jedi. But then Captain Rex and the Bad Batch, um, they uh, um, went to the place they were um, taking the memories out of Echo. And they took him, and he was part of the Bad Batch. Oh, okay. So he was one of those clones, and he was in the Clone Wars, right? Yeah, Echo? he was in the Clone Wars. And then they just took his um, memories, or his yeah, but yeah, but some... they didn't like take it. They were they were they they were finding out what his memories were. Okay, and they were using it against uh, yeah. the Jedi. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who else is in this? Okay. Then you got Tech. He's the brains of it. Okay. And. And then you got uh, Crosshair. He's um like he has like a sniper, but he's very good at c- uh, killing um what's it called droids okay. in the Clone Wars. He's a sniper. He's good at killing. Yeah. Yeah. So then the after distance. a couple episodes, he so the the so when he when they got caught, they met this girl Omega. And this was on what the planet Camino, right? Yeah. This is where the clones were made. Yeah. And then when they were caught, um, when they were caught, um, what's it called? Since um, Crosshair, he was a little, he he had Order sixty six. They all had their chips in him, in in them. In their heads, but they were a little defective, right? Yeah. And so the the Empire took his chip out and made him more with like made him with the empire so now he's a commander right so they convinced him to that the empire is better than um 
well is the good guys. Right. Yes. Okay. That they're the good guys. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty cool. So tell me, um, how much do you like the Star Wars universe? I love it. Really? But I don't like how like I don't really like the three la- the last three movies. Oh, the last three. Um, oh, like the Force Awakens and yeah. those movies. But okay, we don't. You know, we could talk about that another time with all the movies that you yeah. like and everything. But you're totally into Star Wars. Yeah. All right. So, who's your favorite character of all time? Okay, I gotta say Captain Rex is one of my favorites. Well, actually, is my favorite because he has like he's almost in every single episode. Of and, the Clone Wars. Yeah, and plus he's he just he's just like the best because he's he's like a captain of everybody and like y- you you just love you just yeah, love him right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all right so um would you recommend watching this to people the Bad Batch? My man. Do you want other people to watch the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how much do you love it? Um, nine out of ten. Oh, all right. That's awesome. Okay, well, that's Riley's uh, review on The Bad Batch and part of his Star Wars uh, adventures. So thank you very much for being a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com and click on the buy us a pizza link leave your comment there and we'll read them on video now back to our show this is bookworm batson on it came from the radio today's book is from onishi press it's anthology number 10 autumn 2020 origins this series had about 13 um stories and from them i took three about three of them the first one was very quick it was the shortest one it was called thirst for expansion by gaston jenser and it's just 11 pages long it starts off with there exists an army as immense as it is sober it those the start those words the start of this story powerful 11 pages, but 11 powerful pages. I liked it. Anything I say other than I liked it is a spoiler. This is something that gets four stars, or should I say four sobs? It's well worth the read. I would recommend that you take a look at it. it it's 11 pages. Majority of it is art, um, but the beginning is exactly how the story goes. It's very intriguing. The second story that I read was Children of Gaia, and this was by Chris Covelli and J.L. Draco. And I have to tell you, this was nice. This was a story where we have these ex-slaves stranded on a hostile island, and with the help of a benevolent robot, and I use the word robot very loosely for want of a better description, they are taught how to survive, And under this robot's tutelage, they excel um, to the point where they're able to conquer and, and, you know, reproduce. And and he constantly guides them to a more peaceful way of life. But 
Towards the end, you realize that they're now left at the mercy of a not so benevolent robot with seemingly dark plans for them. And this is where the tale ends. And I have to tell you, I was hella intrigued. I wanna know what happens next. Where's the next part of this? I mean, Chris, JL, I'm not into delayed gratification. Where's the rest of this story? This gets four and a half, beep, beep, boop, boop. Where is the rest of this story? Once again, beep, beep, boop, boop. Where is the rest of this story? I mean, I need it today. It was wonderful. I loved it. And the last story within this that I chose to read was called The Tower Call. This was by Reed Hinkley Barnes. This I read and I said, huh. And I read it again. It's quick. It's short. It's easy to understand that the narrator of this story has been pulled his entire life to a singular location, a tower. And once he gets there, you know, he feels at peace. There's a connection there. I gave this story three huns. I do that because he meets a guy there who he says looks like his father. And the guy says to him, you look like my father too. And what ensues between these two men had my brain glitching a couple of times, hence the reread. Other than this pretty significant what the what, it was well-written, it was interesting, it was easily followed, but I have to say that huh was a pretty big huh. And it took away um, points for me. So this definitely gets three huhs. Huh, huh, huh. So this is from the anthology of um, Autumn 2020 Onishi Press. I would read it. I said, for me, the best out of these were definitely um, Children of Gaia. I loved it. And, and to be honest, I would buy the next part of the anthology just to have a follow-up to this story that was told here. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From The Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, one one four two two. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino and... Jenny Feldy. We had, we're here at the... Uh, the legendary Creator Con? Or the legendary art show. There's so many names. The Phil Russett's Grand Spectacular 
So many names, so little time. But we have time for Jeff Brennan, who has done art that's been featured on The Big Bang Theory and also the show Mom. Yes, and we're here, and well, I'll translate, Jen. We're here with Jeff Brennan, and uh, he's an amazing, amazing artist. And uh, Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, now, Jeff, I want you to tell us about your art and tell us how your art wind up on the Big Bang Theory and other places. Okay. Well, I started, you know, I was doing comic books and I did some animation and stuff, and uh, my mom always liked my art, so she actually contacted the set designer on Big Bang Theory and said, gee, my son's art should be on your show, and she sent it in to him, and next thing I know, they contacted me, sent me a contract, and sent me some money and put it on the show. <laughs> oh, <great>. mom. <laughs> yeah, right? And then you're on the show, mom. <laughs> yeah. I was on there from seasons 8 to season 12. Not me, but my artwork from season 8 to season 12. So, An extension of you was on that show, so you're famous. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> And what's, what's, what should we see next? What's coming up next? Well, I'm doing a lot of uh, my own comic book, Cybergirl Lita, which is the one that appeared on um, Big Bang Theory. And uh, I've been doing this for a while now. I just got on Parenting.com, just recommended my comic as a good comic for teens. So it's kind of so a good... What are things you recommend for teens in the comic book? Maybe not you, but the book. Um, just buy my comic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> messages for teens that not, they like? Not necessarily. I think they just liked it because it's got a lot of action, you know, and that kind of thing maybe the, the teens would like. I was just going to ask, what's Lita all about and how did you come up with the idea? Well, that's funny because I was doing a lot of prints. Um, I have some prints on my table here and uh, this company, a Korean company came up to me and they, they really liked my robot prints and they were like, do you have any stories? And I was like, well, of course I do. And, you know, they go, good, because we'd like to see a story about this. Then I went home from that convention. I was like, I got to come up with a story now because I don't have any. <laughs> and then that's, that's how it started. And they really liked it. And they published it on their website. And um, then I actually got a publisher. And then I, I, my publisher stopped selling comics. So I started publishing it myself. And uh, I'm up to issue eight now. So it's been going for a couple years now. It's starting to find an audience a little bit now, which is good. You also do uh, commission work because you are an amazing artist and you also uh, are commissioned to do work and how did that come about? That actually started, did, have you guys talked to Anthony over there yet from Anthony's Comic Art? He's, he's got a table over there, um, but he actually bought some of my art and then he started to promote me and then from that promotion like more and more people would see my art from his site and they would contact me directly and it's just been really keeping me right now I'm booked up until December and a lot of what I do is like cover recreations or like sometimes I'll do like a custom cover where they want to change like one of the characters and stuff like that and uh, that's been working out pretty well so and what keeps you inspired what keeps your energy up um, I just always love doing this stuff so that maybe and my little girl is very impressed with what I do I like that <laughs> you know, so she's an inspiration you know definitely <laughs> What's her favorite thing about your work? Um, she likes Cyber Girl Lita, actually. And she likes, she's a big Simpsons fan. She loves that I did some, a Simpsons comic book, too. She watches Simpsons all the time. <laughs> she loves that Daddy did Simpsons. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm inspired. And, and the Lita, what are, uh, who inspired her aesthetic? Well, it was, like I said, it was the prints. Like, I did a bunch of prints. Um, I have a lot of them in here. It was just sexy robot girls I did, you know. And then when the company, they said they really liked that one, that's the one they wanted a story of. So I thought, I'll come up with some kind of stories to make it interesting and 
and I've kind of been learning as I go in. I, I, I wasn't really like a writer per se. I did a little bit of writing, but then I kind of figured out what I wanted the character to be. She, she, in the first issue, she kind of wakes up. She has no memory of who she was, and it goes throughout the story, and like she starts to learn more and more about who she is, and she gets more friends along the way. Um, there's a big reveal in this issue, which I don't want to reveal because it's, it's kind of a spoiler for people okay. that haven't read it, but there's like a major event that occurs in this issue that she wasn't aware of. So like a... I don't want to say too much about it. We'll have, <laughs> so, to, we'll have to just look and find you. So where can we find you? Well, there's cybergirllita.com with two L's. It's uh, cybergirl and then L-E-E-T-A.com. And um, I have all the issues on there. You can also get it online, Webtoon, which is the site. The Korean company runs that site. It's on Comixology. It's on IndiePlanet.com. And they're in some of the local stores nearby as well. So. And if um, some Somebody wants to um, commission some work from you. How do they do that? Well, I have a Facebook page called Comic Art and Commissions by Request, or they can add through the Art of Jeff Brennan or just my regular Facebook page, Jeff Brennan. You know, I get a lot of people contact me through that. So, and uh, and through Anthony's too. Anthony's, they can contact him as well. So. Jeff, uh, thank you for talking to us. Your your work is amazing. Congratulations on you getting on the Big Bang Theory and all, all that. Congratulations to your mom for doing that for you. And uh, thank you for talking to us. Did you want me to mention the Expendables as well, right? Oh, no, we didn't. Sit, uh, we're, well, we're back here with Jeff, and Jeff is, is going to, uh, you know, tell us about the Expendables. <laughs> yes, I did special effects for the Expendables. Well, what happened, actually, because I used to do a lot of 2D traditional animation, and when I stopped getting work doing that, I, I started learning the 3D. And when I went to school to relearn, you know, kind of go back to learn 3D comics and um, 3D renders, I learned some special effects too. And the first job I got right out of the school was the film Expendables. You know, Sylvester Stallone, Jet Li, everybody's in it. And um, so that was that was a pretty exciting movie to work on too. So. Wow, that had to be unbelievable. I love those movies. And Mark is going to laugh because when we did a show with, um, they they were just coming out with the idea of that, and I said, oh my God, that's going to stink. I wind up loving the franchise. How did it feel to, to be part of that? Oh, I was super excited, definitely. It was, it was really cool. The unfortunate thing is that as a special effects artist, you don't really get to meet the actors, but... Our boss would have um, phone calls with Stallone all the time on speakerphone, so we would hear his voice. And, and it's funny, a lot of the people in the studio would, would imitate him, so like everybody, even the girls, would all be talking like Stallone. Oh <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> you, don't get, you, you don't get to meet them, but you get to blow them up. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> I got to have bullets shooting by Jet Li and everything else, so, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite martial artists, Jet Li, as we learned out all that. Jet Li. Or oh, Jet Li. I like his sister, Jet Li. <laughs> As we learned from our last show, remember that? Right. But uh, anyway, Jeff, any more surprises before we say? Um, well, I mean, give us your social media again. Okay, it's uh, Jeff Brennan on Facebook, or The Art of Jeff Brennan, or Cybergirlita is also on Facebook, or there's cybergirlita.com. Um, I have a lot of sites. The Art of Jeff Brennan is a, my website, it has that too. So it's I'm pretty much everywhere. If you want, do you want one more surprise? Yes. Yeah. I had lunch with Betty White once. 
We were in the commissary, so she, because I was an extra on a show that she was on, so you know, we just had whatever was there. I don't remember what it was. I think she had chicken with rice, maybe. <laughs> but we weren't allowed to speak to the actors because we were extras. But like, I went over to the table, and I got my food, and I sat down, and we had an audience. It was a show with that had a live audience, and I was playing. I was wearing like doctor's uniform or whatever. And she comes up and she goes, "Oh, do you, do you mind if I have lunch with you?" And I'm like, "Please." <laughs> and there's like this whole crowd. I'm like, "This is a trick question." Yeah, I'm like, and, and there's proof. I'm like, all these people are my witnesses. I'm having lunch with Betty White. <laughs> it was really cool. Well, you are what you eat, so I always like to know what people are eating. Okay, I think I had chicken and rice too. <laughs> it was it was whatever it was at the table. That's I think. what my favorite dog used to eat: chicken and rice. Okay, so I great. guess you're in good company. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, listen, Jeff, I had enough of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, really, you can never have enough of Jeff. He's such an interesting guy, and I'm sure I'm going to tell Mark I want you on our show. What do you think? I think it would be great. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I'm clearing out storage on my phone. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. So I can take a picture, because I can't take a picture of my phone so full. And I'm like, we have to take a picture. We have to take a picture. This is so important. This is an important man. If you don't know who he is, then you better look him up online. You better you better, you better, better ask somebody. You better, get, you better get your mind straight. This is what I love about Jen. She has such a calm demeanor. Don't you think so, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> the what now? I said she has a calm demeanor, don't you oh, think yes, so? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Jeff, thank you again for talking to us. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and, uh, and we will see you again. You will be on our show, guaranteed. And uh, this is Charlie Saladino and... Jenny Feldy, a.k.a. Godzilla. Back to Mark. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. <laughs> hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones, and then you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as btdradio.com or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.